Last Sunday night, um, our pastor kicked the year off at the communion service, and he, he brought the word to us concerning this house. God had previously given me the word foundation for this Sunday, and so I'd like to tag in to, to his title and stay in that flow and would like to uh, preach to you today concerning our foundation. Concerning our foundation. I'd like for us to seriously pray right now that God would give us personal revelation. I'd like for us to seriously pray against distraction and that we would be able to focus and hear what the Spirit would say. Can you do that in your own way right now, however you choose? Father, we know you have power. We feel your power. We see the result of your working in the lives of people. And we're believing that you're going to continue that right now in this tabernacle. In Jesus' name we pray. Can the church say amen? Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to read the text again in Psalms 11 and 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, there is a lot that could be dug out of that one verse. When you speak of the word righteous, we know that there is power in righteousness. If you do not understand that, I would challenge you to just do a simple study, follow the word righteous or righteousness through the word of God, and you will quickly see how powerful it is when we align our lives with righteousness. Matthew 6.33 happens to be my life verse, and it speaks about seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not our righteousness. So our life practices must be put through the filter of his righteousness, not our preference. It's his righteousness. I go to the text again, Psalms 11 and 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what? can the righteous do? This is not speaking of being, it's speaking of doing. Because if the foundations are destroyed, if law and order and justice, if it's all destroyed, we may be righteous, but we'll be neutralized. Because in that situation, what can the righteous do? It may be a mansion that that somebody's living in, but you destroy that foundation and there's not going to be much left to live in, no matter how nice it used to be. And so the enemy of our soul's ultimate goal is, is not just to knock out a window in our life, 
The goal is to destroy our foundation. Now, he'll take a window. If that's all we'll give him, he'll take it because he knows that a knocked-out window that is, that is not fixed, then, you know, rain can get in and, and moisture can get in and mold can come in. So, so slowly, he'll, he'll take a window, but you can believe that total collapse through foundation failure is what the enemy is after. The foundation of a structure may be compromised for several reasons. I will only bring to you three today in hopes that, that this will speak to you. A foundation can be destroyed because of inadequate soil. It can be destroyed by faulty design, or it can be destroyed by deliberate sabotage. No matter the reason, a building with, with a faulty foundation is, is just a disaster waiting to happen. It's like the clock is ticking. When, when the foundation is messed up, then in time, everything is going to be messed up. January is a great time of the year to consider our foundation. January, especially the first one or two weeks when so many are in focused prayer and fasting, it's a wonderful time for self-inspection. I believe it's, it's time to join the psalmist in saying, as was said in Psalms 139 and 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. I hope that is the prayer. Uh, there are, are many prayers that I trust we are praying. There's uh, prayers of victory. There's prayers of deliverance. We need to be praying all those, but, but please add that prayer of self-inspection where we're saying, search me, O God, and, and know me. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. We look in the Word of God and we see different times where men of God was led to deliver this message to different people. Take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself. Moses did that to the people in Deuteronomy 4 and 9. There was, there was much that Moses was saying at this time. There were many things he was seeking to solidify that, that, that God had had shared with the people at this particular point, he said, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. In other words, he was saying, Take heed to yourself first, but this is not just to you. Let's make sure this gets down through the generations. We see in Acts 20, 28, Paul was speaking to the Ephesian elders. He said, take heed, therefore, unto yourselves. And then he went on to say, and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. 
But it was Moses saying, first, take heed to yourself. It was Paul saying, first, take heed to yourself. And then in 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul writing to Timothy, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And so I would say at the beginning of 2023, in the month of January, that we could look at what Moses said, we could look at what Paul said, and then we can look in the mirror, and we can say that to ourselves. This is the time to take heed to, to ourselves. In my research, I have, I have found three major causes of structural foundation. There, there may be more, and we have builders in this church that could explain this part much better, I'm sure, than I can. But for today, what I would like for us to do is consider some um, spiritual insight from natural examples. When we're speaking about foundation failure, none of us want to face this in our life. Some in this song, my past he, he erased, my name he changed, our mind went back to foundation failures where, where there were some cracks in our foundation, where there were some issues that had to be fixed. And if we've ever experienced that in our life, God knows we never want to experience it again. And if you've never experienced that, then, then hear today and heed and never face it. When we look at what the soil can, can do and how it can impact our lives, I know from experience, Melanie and I, she was bringing it to my attention a couple days ago, there is a building in Louisiana that we used to go in often, and um, years ago, I have no idea what the research was or what the lack of research was and why that building was built over a fault line, I have no earthly idea. You can walk in that building some time of the year, and, and the, the doors will shut. You can walk in that building other times of the year, and that door's not going to shut. You can go into different rooms of that building, and it literally just changes season by season because of the issues in the soil of that building. I ask you today, are the doors shutting in your life? Are there any cracks in the walls? Are there any ceiling tile that's, that's falling out? In, in your life. Matthew 13 shares insight regarding four types of soil. One is strong and three are weak. The first type of soil is, is the wayside and, and basically there we could sum it up by saying that's just where there's no understanding of the word. They just don't understand the word. Then there's the stony ground and and that's, that's that soil where uh, the word is received, but there's no root. And so being that there's a lack of understanding, 
then when tribulation comes and when persecution comes, then there's absolutely no way that that the word is retained, that that particular seed is retained. And so then there is a loss. And then we look at that thorny ground, and um, there's, there's just no life change that happens there because even though we hear the word and we take the word in, it's the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches choke it out. And so we look and we see that in the area of the soil, in issues with the soil, we can lose our foundation. We can truly lose it. Then when we consider faulty design, the question that, that I would like to ask all of us is, who drew up the blueprints that you're using to run your life? Who was the architect of of that? Who are we listening to? Uh, Who, not only who are we listening to, but what is the source of the people that they are listening to? Who made that material list? Who uh, decided what, what needs to go into our lives? What, what about this design business? What brand of materials are they using? Now, I don't know a lot about uh, the different brands of tools that, that are good. Joe and other people could tell you, but I do know that I, I still have a Craftsman blower that I bought before Kendra was born. I don't know. I don't know that they make them like they used to. I have no earthly idea, but I had that that blower before we had Kendra, and that was 15 years ago, 15, 16, 18-ish years, years ago. Who wrote the assembly instructions? Whose advice are we following? What material are we reading? Where are we getting our information? You can believe that it will affect our foundation. What what single life advice are we getting? What young married life are we getting? What what middle-aged advice are we getting? What grandparenting advice are we are we getting? Where, where are we getting it? Where is it all coming from? What's, what's the source? Are we just looking for sources to where somebody, we read their name and a bunch of letters behind their name? Uh, are we getting our information just because they've written a lot of blogs and they've written a lot of books well, this one has put out umpteen podcasts, so surely this is the place that, that we can go and get our information. This person has X amount of followers, and, and look at all the likes they have and the endorsements. What are we looking for? Faulty design. Faulty design has taken out many foundations. 
And when the foundation goes, everything above it goes. I'm not against certification. We have people in, in our church family who are certified and speaking in a wonderful way into the lives of people. Not against that at all. But where do we need to start? We need to first start with, are they God certified? Are they God certified? Is, is this advice I'm going to be taking for this design, if I'm going to align my life to this design, if I'm going to build by this blueprint, then I've got to know who drew that blueprint. It will make all of the difference in the world. We had better beware of faulty architects. We'd, we'd better be aware of them. The world is full of them. I personally, in my years, have, have seen far too many collapses. And whenever I've looked at life collapse after life collapse... I've even gotten involved with many trying to help put pieces back together. Invariably, in every life collapse, somebody started listening to the wrong architect. Somebody started reading blueprints that they should have never read. Somebody opened themselves up to to a manner of building that, that looked good for the moment, but it did not last over time. So we know that foundations are destroyed due to problems in the soil or, or faulty design. And then the last one I will mention, and I'm sure there are more, but the last one we'll talk about is sabotage. Sabotage is the intentional destruction of construction. That's what sabotage is. When, when you talk about sabotage, it's someone is intentionally, with intention, bringing damage and destruction to something. It could be a life. It could be a building. In, in my years, there have been times that that I have had to talk with people and I've had to say things like this and start the conversation off like this. Now, you are not going to want to hear this. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to believe it. But we've got a terrible situation here because we thought they were for us. We, we, we thought that, that they were a source of good information, but now we know they're not. One of, the, one of the toughest things that I had to do as a parent was, was let my children know at one stage in their life years ago that there were some people that I used to say, you can follow them and it was a hard conversation when I had to sit down with both of them and say, you remember that person that I said you could follow? Don't. Don't follow them anymore. 
I mean, it was a couple of people that, that I had told my kids, if I'm not around, ask them what to do. If I'm not around, if you see them doing it, do it. If you hear them saying it, say it. But then there came a time when there were too many cracks. There were too many issues. There were too many things that, that I was realizing, no, we have trouble here. Uh, they either changed or I was fooled. And so as a parent, I had to stand up and correct it and say, wrong pattern. We're not looking that direction anymore. Love them, pray for them, but no advice from them. No advice. Sabotage. It happens. It's just hard to believe that someone will intentionally inflict pain on somebody else. It's just hard to believe that, that people, that witches can, ap- can actually be implanted in church congregations. It's just hard to believe that, that there is a scheme that there will be intentional people that intend to inflict damage on the children of God. I don't like it. I struggle with that. I hate that. But the bottom line is, is it is a part of what we're dealing with in this day. It's called sabotage, and we had better have enough anointing and discernment, and we had better be dug down strong enough and founded where we need to be founded to where we don't suffer a collapse from sabotage. We, we, look at, we look at sabotage, and I would just say in the Bible that you could say spiritual warfare. There are a lot of people that pull back from that. There are a lot of people that don't want to go there because they start saying everything gets weird, and everybody weirds out when you start talking about spiritual warfare. But then you look in the Bible, and you see the first part of John 10.10, 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. Now, I'm thankful for the rest of that, but the bottom line is the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In Ephesians 2 and 2, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the what? The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This is sabotage. This is what it is. This is spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6 and 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places. And one more, 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now that sounds like spiritual warfare to me. Now now that sounds like that it's not time to be asleep concerning what our enemy is trying to do. 
Well, I don't know about you apostolic people because you're always talking about the, you know, Satan here, devil there, fighting this, casting this out, binding this, loosening this. Well, what else are we supposed to do? That's what the Bible tells us to do. It's the only way that we're going to make it. It's the only way that we're going to be strong is to realize there is an enemy. Now, anybody that wants to keep their head in the sand, fine. That's, that's your business. Good luck. I prophesy that's not going to age well. But people who will get their head out of the sand and realize there's a reason why we're feeling as much pressure in this world as we do. There is a reason why things are bearing down on us. There is a reason why that every day is not just a skip in, you know, on a playground. It's because we are on a battleground. But the good news is, is we don't have to lose. But the truth is we got to fight. We've got to fight. And what we must understand is our enemy is a very patient devourer. Very, very patient. Many speak about the patience of Job. Well, I can tell you, the patience of Job is nothing compared to the patience of Satan. I am convinced that, that what he seeks to do, he will take as long as he has to. He wants an early victory, but it's okay. He'll, he'll wait. He'll wait. I feel like the biggest role that, that he's using, or maybe I should say the tool, is media. I believe that. Now, I know there's good media. I, I understand that. I'm not against good media at all. But, but the, the absolute percentage difference in good and bad forces us to, to bring this out for at least consideration. Because it's time for all of us to understand that, that media is a medium. That's what it is. It's, it's a medium. It's an intermediate. That's what it is. It's, it's a channel. It's in the middle. It connects. And we need to understand that the goal of media is not just entertainment. It's containment. It's to entertain us so it can contain us. It's not just about enjoyment. It's about control. And so much of it much of the, the cracks in our foundation that, that has been happening and it's been eroding our spirituality, what it's trying to do is, is set us up for future collapse. And it's very, very patient. When we, when we look at this medium and we understand that, that really what it is is it could fit in the area 
of sabotage. Because we must be very careful what we take in. I don't know how many of you ever uh, watch YouTubes about how they detonate all of those explosives and, and just take down those huge buildings. There may be a sick side of me, but every now and then I've, I've watched that because it's absolutely amazing. And they take out these huge, these massive structures. But the way they do it is they have to methodically and patiently place explosives in the right places. And you can believe that the enemy of our soul that is trying to take out our foundation in everything we look at, in everything we read, this is the reason why there is so much pressure on us, and this is the reason why it's so addictive. Because the enemy is seeking to use the medium to plant explosives in our life that with patience in time can be detonated and take us down. Don't think I'm just blowing smoke here. I've seen too many disasters. I've been in the middle of too many disasters. I saw when it started with a lot of people, and I, and I have seen their end, and I know what I'm talking about. You say, well, are you going to help us at all today? I sure am right now. As a matter of fact, I'm glad to get past that to get to this. Because is there an answer? You better believe there's an answer. Do we have to be a statistic, a a casualty? You better believe we don't have to be a casualty. Because just as many people as I've seen fall, there are many names I can give you of people that are standing, and they're standing strong, and the enemy came after them, but the enemy did not get them. (laughs) Ephesians 2 and 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, I don't know about you, but these are my sources. Jesus, apostles, and prophets. I'm concerned about what did Jesus say, what did the apostles say, what did the prophets say. Whenever we're trying to make decisions in our life, we're trying to decide what does Jesus have to say about this? What do the apostles have to say about this? What do the prophets have to say about this? Quit looking for building advice all in the wrong places. It's what did Jesus say? What did the apostles say? What did the prophets say? It says in verse 21, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. This is a building that won't have any cracks. When you're talking about going with this blueprint, 
There's not going to be cracks in the walls. In verse 22, it says, In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. When we're speaking of, of Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, and I know I've stood in this pulpit several times, and I've said, get all the humans out of the king zone. I know we have tried, pastor tries, I try, the voices in this pulpit try to get you to look to Jesus, to look to Jesus. The reason why a lot of people are struggling is because they're looking to a human. It may even be a human you're married to. Your spouse is not your ultimate answer. Your parent is not your ultimate answer. Your child or your grandchild is not your ultimate answer. There's no human that is the ultimate answer. The ultimate answer is the chief cornerstone, and the chief cornerstone is none other than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. After all, he is the one who said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the question really becomes, how much room will we make for Jesus? That's, that's the question. That's the foundational question of everything in our life. How much room are we going to make for Jesus? In our foundation, is he the chief cornerstone? Is everything else in the building aligned to that chief cornerstone? If it's not, it's going to crack. There are going to be things that are not going to work in our life at all. So what is our response to this in the first part of this year? I hope our response is like six, uh, Luke six forty-eight and 49. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without foundation built an house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently. And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. And my advice today to this church body is just make sure you have dug deep enough to hit rock. My advice as we look at 2023, we're expecting a great year. We really don't know what's going to happen. One thing we're all looking forward to is the time that, that we move from worshiping here to worshiping to our new sanctuary. There are some exciting things that we think are going to happen. But we also have enough sense to know that the enemy's not given us off in 2023. We've lived long enough to know that there are going to be mountains, but there are going to be valleys. We've lived long enough to know that there are going to be good days this year, and there are going to be bad days. We've lived long enough to know that we don't know 
many of us now understand and, and all of the, the dreams and visions of, of good, easy days have, have long since been blown out of our life. And we realize that this is a fight. We realize that we do have a foe, but we also realize that if we are founded upon the rock, then when the storms come, that verse did not say if they come. That verse said when they come. So they're coming. The storms are coming. The floods are coming. But if we are founded upon the rock, if we have a firm foundation, then everything is going to be all right. When it talks about we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together. What does it do? It grows unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. How does this happen? It happens by going by Jesus, the apostles, and the prophets. Whenever you're driving away today, I hope these three things are going in your mind. Jesus, the apostles, and the prophets. So when we're talking to people that have never been born again, they have never been justified by faith, they have never experienced the new birth. When we're talking to people like that, we don't go Pentecostal. What do we go? We go word. What's the word? What did Jesus say? What did the apostles say? What did the prophets say? Whenever we're looking at sanctification and, and now that we've been justified and now it's time to walk this thing out day by day, how are we going to do that? What did Jesus say? What did the apostles say? What did the prophets say? But my grandmother, God bless your grandmother. But my father, my mother, God bless your parents. But this one, God bless them. I hope they're all going by this. But do you know what is over every human that has ever walked the face of this earth? Surely you can say it by now. Jesus the apostles, and the prophets. And then we will move from justification to sanctification, and one day it will be glorification. Then guess who we see? Jesus, the apostles, and the prophets. I'm coming to you today in this time, at this time of the year, and I'm saying is this a perfect church? Absolutely not. Is this a church that is striving in the right direction? Absolutely yes. Well, how do you prove that? I prove that because for over two decades across this pulpit, it's been about Jesus, the apostles, and the prophets. 
Because over this pulpit, what we're seeking to do is to understand the Word of God, how the, the prophets prophesied it, how it came about, and the apostles also lived it, and Jesus proclaimed it and fulfilled it. How are we going to build a strong foundation? We're going to do it. We're going to do it by what did Jesus do? What did the apostles say? There was no disagreement between Jesus and the apostles on anything. There was no disagreement in the Word of God with the prophets, the apostles, and Jesus. There is no disagreement in the Word of God. It's just us aligning ourselves in a manner to where we dig into it, to where we understand it. Because without this, the building won't fit together. There will be no holy temple there will be no spirit-led, unified habitation of God. I can tell you the reason why that, that there are some cracks in the walls of some lives is because it's a foundation issue. I can tell you, I can tell you why that in some people's lives, the doors are not shutting. I can tell you why it's hard for some people to keep some things out and, and other things in. It's because of a foundation issue. I can tell you why some people feel like things are just coming in on, on top of them and they don't know what to do. Oh, yes, it's going to rain on the, the just and the unjust, but there is a power of God, and there is a way to build that we do not have to succumb. We do not have to succumb. We do not have to fail. We, none of us in this building, none of us need to, to fail in the area of our foundation because it's very, very clear. Can the church say amen? I'd like for us to stand right now and close our eyes and lift our hands to heaven. And I'd like for us to start praying right now about our foundation. Start praying. I wish somebody would lift their voice and start praying about the foundation of life. Can we all together? Can we turn this into a prayer room right now? about our foundation. Can we lift our voice right now and pray? I'm asking you, church, right now to lift your voice and pray because in a moment, I'm going to open up the altar for some people that feel that they need to come for some foundation realignment. And there needs to be some brothers and sisters that can lay some hands on some people and join with them in faith. And we can see some lives changed here today. Do you, do you believe we can do that? Can we lift our hands and pray about this right now, can we? Adjust the foundation of your life. Adjust the foundation of your life. We're in a season of 
of self-inspection. Do it. Pray. Fast. Seek after God. Now, whenever I say what I'm going to say, I, I trust that nobody will be intimidated or think, well, I can't do that because of who I am. But if there's anything in your life that you feel, I need to get this adjusted because I need to solidify my foundation. Would you just step out right now and walk and stand as close to the front as you can? Please do it. Thank you. Thank you. Don't don't be don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated. Now's the time. This church is in a season right now of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. When when bodies of believers join together in prayer and fasting. There is a different level of power that comes. And that power doesn't just come that we can have better worship services. That power doesn't just come to help who's ever in the pulpit delivering the word. That power comes to break chains. That, that power comes to illuminate to our spirit. The, the Bible is spoken of as being a mirror. And that power comes to show us areas. I actually believe that in services just like this, when people open up themselves to the Spirit of God, I actually believe that the Spirit of God can come into us and let us see something in the future. Time is, is no big deal with God. We deal with time. N- not the way He does. He sees the end from the beginning. He's, he's got it all. But, but He places in our hand the power of will. In his sovereignty, he gives man a choice. And when we say, God, would you direct my choice? Would you let me see what I need to see, not just what I want to see? And when we, and when we position ourselves like that, now life change can happen. So every one of you that walk to the front, from the youngest to the oldest, would you just close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven, and would you say, God, would you let me see what I need to see? Would you let me see what I need to see? Let the Spirit talk to you. Young people, let the Spirit talk to you.
Let me see, God, what you want me to see.